What up, wankers, and welcome to another episode of Games Master Revisited. I am Andy, your host for the show, and please give a succulent welcome to my co-host, Chip. Hello! (laughs) And making her Games Master Revisited (laughs) debut, Becky. I'm so glad you said succulent. (laughs) Hi. I am very grateful. I don't know if it was a succulent welcome. We'll have to check with the audience later. I don't know. I feel like there needs to be some kind of succulence measure, but I, I don't know how you would measure that. No, I, I don't want post-succulent either. That's the worst kind. <laughs> Fucking I regret this already. Yeah, good. <laughs> Not just this bit, the series. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, so this is your first time with us on Games Master Revisited, Becky. Uh, how are you feeling about your first appearance on the show? Um, you've been keeping up with the show, right? Um, yes. What have your thoughts been so far? So my history with Games Master is non-existent. I remember it. I remember it being on, but we just never really crossed paths. I just remember Patrick Moore's floating head, really, uh, which, you know, is actually less of the show that I thought it would be was not expecting the amount of dick jokes or penises. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the the church towers in the background of the Games Master graphic are really penile. Um, <laughs> and there's the butt plugs, obviously. And just, yeah, it's just, it's all very phallic, isn't it? Yeah. Just a bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And again, I can't tell if that's the way the show intended it to be or if we're just reading things into different things now i've got notes about this for this episode as well as to the way this show has broken my brain is into <laughs> what is an innuendo and what isn't i just can't tell the difference anymore yeah there's a couple of times i've made notes around i can't call this one so i'm just gonna leave it out <laughs> so. it's just i've never written the word penis or phallus so many times outside of a literary essay when it's like <laughs> it's academic <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting you to say essay I thought you'd written some sort of erotic fiction or something that you were going to tell us oh, about. Yeah, maybe one day. No. Um, <laughs> one of my lecturers wrote erotic fiction, actually. We found it in the bookshop once. That was a bit weird. Oh. Anyway. Um... <laughs> That's another podcast to come. <laughs> yeah, well, so to speak. <laughs> God, this fucking show. Oh. So, so, yeah, uh, it's been an experience. I can't say it's been a positive one, but it's been an interesting one. <laughs> That's, that's fair enough. You have come in um, four weeks late. Yep. Not late, you know. <laughs> so the, <laughs> you, you, you've, you've shown up four episodes in, so there's been a lot of stuff happening already on this series where we've just completely lost control of things. Yep. Regarding the butt plugs. Yep. And just the constant wanking on with jokes, wanking jokes, not just us. <laughs> <laughs> we're not just wanking while we're recording. Oh, God. The show has broken us yeah. on a, a rather deep level, I feel. No, no, no. I can't wait to be broken to... No, that sounds wrong as well. See? You yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. Fucking it's... hell, Games Master. <laughs> so, yeah. Hi. Hi. This is also my first recording after surgery as well, which feels like arriving back with a bump. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Going on a terrible roller coaster, <laughs> or a very turbulent airplane that's probably going to crash into a cliff at some point. Well, that would be appropriate because uh, planes are very phallic. So yeah. yeah, yeah, and mountains can be kind of sexual. Yeah, sure. You know. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, segue. <laughs>
Uh, so, Games Master Series 1, Episode 4, first aired on the 28th of January, 1992. We begin uh, with Dominic, once again, playing with his big organ. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Chef. <laughs> and, huh. and he, he turns to us and he, he, he asks, if he says, if it's the, our first time joining him, like, um, where have you been? But my, how tall you're getting. And that that surprised me because that wasn't a very sexual joke. It wasn't sexual at all, really, but... He makes quite... up for it with the next bit. Yeah. <laughs> so then next he says, not to worry, they've been taking turns keeping the slot warm for us. I... <sighs> so at first, I was like, well, at least the vagina's getting a look in amid all the penises. But then I was like, actually, no, because it's just... Like, that's just a receptacle there. Like, there's no there's no it's action. just getting used. Yeah, so deeply disturbing also, on many levels. <laughs> does it imply that lots of... Mm, yeah. Yeah. Taking turns. <laughs> yeah. I, I have actually written. Taking yeah, who, turns. Who's taking turns? Three exclamation like, marks. You. Who's on the show other than Dominic Diamond and Sir Patrick Moore? Like who's? And he's just a floating head. He doesn't have a vagina or anything else. <laughs> and, I mean, well, he doesn't have a He has a butt plug. That's but true. That's not <laughs> Maybe that's no, no. There's no. obviously the the monk that shows up with the golden joystick, and there's the golden joystick. Ugh. So. I don't I mean, want to put my just, penis in any of those. At least, at least the slot's getting its money's worth, I guess. <laughs> Four weeks in, it's well used. Uh, this is the first line of the show. Yeah, and you all told you told me this was Tamer. This was, was Tamer. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I realise yeah, this, this now because I watched the rest of the episode. But <laughs> you'd, like, you'd literally just said, "Don't worry, this one isn't as bad." And then he said this thing about yeah, slots, and I was like, "Uh." Wait, in terms of ratio, it's not as bad. There's not as many as last time we did this because that was just every other word. Yeah. So no, there is yeah. more of a gap between them, but they're just as extreme as well. Yeah, I, I feel. Yeah, I feel like the the quality of the innuendo is higher here than the quantity oh definitely the the innuendo in the last episode was kind of shit like for the most part it was very phoned in this is very just full-on very direct very to the point in your face so to speak (laughs) and anyway (laughs) so that was the second line of dialogue next he said uh, get comfy with a mug of chamomile and give your joystick a loving caress because that's what they'll be doing for the next half hour I cannot believe that this show aired at the time it did. <laughs> For the audience it did. <laughs> With the audience it did. <laughs> like... If this show existed now, I kind of understand it because a lot of gamers are like older and have dirty senses of humour. But this was yeah. back when it was basically just kids playing video games. And, it, yeah. <laughs> and they didn't care. And it's just like, I'm genuinely surprised that A, no one complained and B, no one got arrested. <laughs> It's mad. Do you think I can charge Dominic Diamond for a new laptop? Because I'm going to wear out the caps lock on my keyboard at some point with my notes. Because it's just mostly caps now. Just sort of everything they say has to be written in caps because it just keeps going. It just keeps going week to week. It doesn't end. I I can't lie. I was really worried about what you'd done to your laptop. (laughs) 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 I mean, at first I was thinking a spit take, but then like... You brought that up, and I was starting to have doubts. Yeah, but <laughs> see what I'm I mean. It's just, I'm glad it's just the caps lock. Yeah, for now. <laughs> it's also it's also the chamomile bit. Like it's like having a chamomile while you're having a wank. Basically, <laughs> is that a thing people do? Well, I was going to ask you guys that. Like, you know, for I me, like I a herbal tea, tea. Yeah, well, a herbal tea is like you know a nice thing 
before bedtime to relax. Like, but I wouldn't I mean, associate it. Fair. Well, yeah, but I wouldn't associate them together. Like, I feel like they're going for very different types other, of relaxation. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, hot water near anything like that is not a good yeah. idea, I think. Especially when there's vigorous actions taking place. <laughs> if you get them around the wrong way, you're in trouble. It's not vigorous. It's a loving caress. Come on. <laughs> Maybe how you do it. I guess it depends depends what we it's do. It's how Dominic wants us to do it. <laughs> Either way, could you imagine turning up to A&E like, after that? <laughs> With that explanation. Well, so Dominic Dyer told Master. me. <laughs> 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 uh, no, that right. Put him with the eight others we've had tonight. Yeah, so we don't have any beds for you. <laughs> Another Sunday in casualty after games, Master Ed. <laughs> oh yeah, that was the first line of the show, <laughs> <laughs> and that's given. Well, pos- I think that's given us a good like ten minutes of content just discussing that. I just have to keep reminding myself that this was the nineties, and furthermore, it was Channel Four in the nineties. So there were definitely worse offenders on the air than Games Master, but this was still a lot to take on. And most of those shows were on prime time or like after dark when they could show boobs. Yeah. Games Master was very st- specifically for kids, as you tend to see when most of the people coming on the show are kids. It's it's just a lot to lot to process. Yeah. Like this far back. Yeah. As a grown man with children of his own now. So, yeah, to break down this bit, the first part I thought was actually quite funny. It's like, it quite casually witty, and the delivery was quite, like, it was good. Like, he, he, he just does display, like, a talent for delivering jokes, but then he just, it's like he, he'd gone, like, five seconds without saying a dirty joke, and he just, it's like, had some kind of perverted Tourette's, and he just had to start <laughs> spewing out all this stuff. It's like, I, mean... I, I wish I hadn't said spew out. Oh. See, you can't say anything now, can you? No, you can't nothing. say a single thing. It's it's all bad now. This is the real council <laughs> culture, right here. <laughs> yeah, the English language is now ruined. <laughs> all because of Gatesbuster. <laughs> Thirty years later, he's ruined it for me. <laughs> My head was in a bit of a fog at this point, so I kind of missed a few of Dom's segues here. I did notice that he called Games Master a scout leader, which I thought was a bit odd. Mm. considering Chip's observation last time where they called the Games Masters area the Pleasure Zone. Oh, yeah. Pleasure Dome. The ple- oh, the yeah. Pleasure Dome? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So him being a scout leader who has a Pleasure <laughs> Dome sounds like some horrible tent <laughs> now. It's just, it's, it's, you don't want to go to that jamboree. Uh, I don't know what he's giving badges out for. <laughs> Oh, how how he's sticking the badges on them. Oh, no. As long as he's on and, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Again, I have to emphasise, this was the first line of the show and we've already spent nearly 15 minutes talking about it. <laughs> I'm glad this is a very limited, like, as far as, like, dirty jokes go, this is quite limited, otherwise we'd be here all night. So if we, if we get to finally get to Games Master, Games Master calls, the sh- I guess he calls the show a fertile fount of game-playing challenges. And I kind of let that one pass because fertile can mean other things. Yeah. The way the show's been so far, it's hard not to take it that way. (laughs) Take it the wrong way? No. (laughs) It's hard not to misinterpret what he said. We we do have our first butt plug of the show uh, in this section. That was my next note. Nandy, I have to ask you, did you see the production quality, the the budget increase for the butt plug this week? 
Yes, I had it written down. Good. For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so last week Chip did suggest that the animations had improved on the butt plugs. Um, <laughs> it's like two my... weeks for you to look into this. I'm desperate to know. Yeah, so, so to my great displeasure, I have to confirm, I do think the... I don't know if it was better animated, but I do feel like there were more frames per second in yeah, the book. It was book more detailed, plug. wasn't it? It was game, and this gamers today care about frames per second, so I feel like that was a big step up. This, you know, they added the frames per second patch on the book plugs. We're playing in performance mode now. <laughs> Sorry, I just. <laughs> Thirty seconds into the show, fuck me. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a long one. This. I mean, oh, oh. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> so yeah, I did. In these notes, I did make a point that that's the last time I'm going to talk about butt plugs because I'm fucking sick of it. <laughs> you fucking sick of butt plugs. And I am sick of butt plugs. They just worn me down. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I, I'm not done with them yet, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Insatiable you are. I'm just getting started, so, so you know. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, this is Becky's first butt plug. Oh. It is my first butt plug. <laughs> oh no. You always remember your first, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> start to get a bit bored of them after a while, though. <laughs> So, anyway. <laughs> the novelty wears off. So, all of that was leading to our first gameplay challenge. <laughs> oh, God. So, the game in question was Road Rash. And to win yes. the challenge, you had to come first. <laughs> <laughs> you, had well, to, no, you have to beat some guys off on the way as well. You had, yeah. to, you had to come in first place. And grab their sticks. <laughs> you, you, yeah. So, to the game... <laughs> was Road Rash and to win the challenge you had to arrive in first place and it was the Redwood Forest stage so that didn't help matters (laughs) all this disgustingness aside I always loved Road Rash as a kid me too it was a great game yeah it was was an excellent game this is the one challenge where I thought you know what I could do this but then probably not because I'm old and probably not very good at these sort of games anymore but also yeah. Not back then, because I wasn't very good at it at a kid either. But I did really like it, so I'd have fun. <laughs> so, when you say you could have done that challenge, what you actually mean is you could not have done that challenge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. That's, that's basically what I did with the Super Mario thing. I said, I could have done that. And then after talking to you, I was like, no, I couldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely can't do any of these challenges. So, we get finally get to the challenger being introduced, and Dominic... <laughs> so, I did say he, he did reduce the amount of dirty jokes, but... It's going to look like I'm lying at this point because <laughs> he said revving up the aisle with his hands on his throttle for this challenge. What I loved as well is when all the like after that and after it, like the contestant came out and everyone was yelling. He was like, "Settle down!" <laughs> it's like, Dominic, you did this you to have, them, you Dominic. Have no authority here. Yeah, you got them all worked up. <laughs> the challenger, yes, fucking hell, this is going to be one of those episodes. What do you mean, like every other episode that we've say. done? It's every episode. It's going to be the same episode as every other episode. The challenger was Richard Wiltshire from Dartford. So this was interesting because uh, Richard said he's never played Road Rash before. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
I thought that was bold. Yeah, it's like escalated from last week's challenge where the kid had played Mega Man 2, but he didn't like it. Whereas <laughs> now, <laughs> this kid's not even played the damn thing. But he's like, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's fairly confident. He said he's played racing games before. And he said he enjoyed something. <laughs> I couldn't understand a fucking word he was saying half the time. <laughs> but, he, but he's never played a game where there's a combat element to the gameplay. But he did say, rumor had a cheat code <laughs> where he, had, he could use a machine gun. And I just had no fucking idea what he said. Yeah. Like, I'm I think about I a week just... later after watching, I had to go and look it up. And the game was called Super Hang On. And that didn't sound like anything like what he fucking said. <laughs> so yeah, I was a bit flustered by how unprepared he was, yet weirdly confident. I'm always a bit weird about the kids that are confident. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, come on, no, this is not my energy here. I don't, I don't like your, your confidence. Bravado. Yeah, yeah, just come on, <laughs> settle down. <laughs> it was like on the spectrum of challenger confidence. He wasn't Saeed from last week, where he'd basically given up all hope of beating the celebrity, <laughs> but he wasn't as bad as Paul Turner, the Sonic Blast Man oh, champion, who bragged about beating a boxer at a fake punching oh, game. I, I can kind of cope with this level of confidence. That he's not yeah, given this up. Is fine. But, this is confident, yeah, not cocky. Yeah. yeah, he's not said, yeah, I could fucking boss this game, mate. That's fine. <laughs> On a commentary, we had Neil West from Sega Power. He was described as no stranger to levers, but <laughs> thankfully he was wearing a leather jacket, so it made sense in context. Yeah, kind of. A weird thing to point out, I guess, but... It was it was something that, like, you could tell he was in, implying something, but it worked because it had layers to it, like... Yeah. Like the leather. <laughs> So basically, offering advice, Neil suggests that fighting is fun, but it does waste time. So out racing is the better option. But if necessary, <laughs> they should grab the stick of another player. Do you see Dominic's eyes light up at that point yeah, as well? I respected how Dominic underplayed that. He said, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Neil obviously knew what he was fucking doing with that line. He was, he threw Dom a bone and he, <laughs> he grabbed it with both hands. It's your starting. You're, you're yeah. becoming Dominic. <laughs> it's like some horrible, like, symbiotic relationship. <laughs> and I'm becoming every contestant that's really uncomfortable. And yeah. I'm the token woman. Chip is the, Chip is the uncomfortable child. <laughs> Becky's the woman that feels kind of out of place because it's the 1990s and didn't know what to do with women in gaming at this point. <laughs> and I'm just an uh, unrepentant pervert. It works. Yeah. <laughs> Road rash. No notes. <laughs> Get to clip that out of context. <laughs> Fuck. I'm not giving you this footage. Uh, so I mean, the episode will be up. I can just listen to that and take it. Shit. <laughs> Never mind. Can't get away from it. So anyway, the game begins and immediately Richard starts punching dudes in the face. Yes. I loved this. Like He's just been given the advice to not waste time while hurting people. Just immediately twat someone. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I know this. <laughs> it was the best part of the game, though, is that's why you played Road Rash. It wasn't just a racer. It was like a fighting racer. So I can, I respect that he, he went on there not just to win the challenge, but also to have fun while he was yeah, doing it. Yeah, And a lot of fun. If I'm playing Road Rash, I'm punching a dude in the face. Yeah, at some point. everyone not, that you come uh, up against. Yes. What's the fucking point of why? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to win you the race. I want to kill knock people. Knock him off the bike and you can win that way. Like if, you, <laughs> if you're dedicated to punching, you can win that way. But he was veering wildly left and right <laughs> for quite a lot of the game. <laughs> It was genuinely like watching me playing a racing game. I'm one of those players who like uses the barriers as brakes because I don't know how to drive <laughs> in racing games. So I, I felt a kinship with this guy at that point when he was veering all over the map. I was like, 
yeah, this is this is the way to do it. Yeah, that's how I play Forza Horizon Five a lot of the time. I was just <laughs> smashing into a wall and like bouncing off. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> But did you see the way he was holding the controller? No. No, I didn't, actually. He wasn't holding it in his hands. He had it like a keyboard on his lap, and he had like his fingers on top of the keys, almost like above it. It was really weird. Mm. And especially for a driving game when, you know, you'd like to actually turn the controller, even though it doesn't make a fucking bit of difference. But, you know, you get into it, don't you? And you, yeah. you hold it like that. But no, he had the controller on yeah. his lap, and he they was using it like a keyboard. It was very strange. That's kind of interesting. That. Mm. I, I don't know if it's interesting enough for me to go back and look at how everybody was holding control <laughs> at the time. Butt but, plug, but everybody's got like their own method, especially in that day where it was joysticks and stuff, and it's all very. Oh, Sorry. Especially after what Dominic Diamond said, I feel like you might be a bit self-conscious about how you're gripping anything your controller. So <laughs> I can kind of understand why you'd be a bit hesitant to give it a loving caress. <laughs> So Richard, he was, as I say, he was veering wildly left and right. He dodged the back of a car. He was very close at that point. Uh, he was in eighth place at this point, and then he was doing pretty well. And then he smashed into the back, into a car that was crossing an intersection, and he was knocked back in eleventh place. And I was, I was feeling, oh no, you should have listened to Neil West, you fucking idiot. <laughs> but like, even though it was very funny watching him punch people, I was like, no, you're not going to do it now. <laughs> It's like, but like before long, he was in eighth place. Like he'd got back to where he was, but I was still like, "Oh no, what's going to happen?" And it was like he got to seventh, sixth, fifth, fourth. It was like he was doing really well. Like mm. and he had like a mile to go, and then it was third place, second place, and then he crossed the finish line. Yeah, it was so another close. fail on Games Master. I was gutted. Yeah, like, I, I so did fucking put... close. I was just like, if only you'd punch less dudes. <laughs> <laughs> but then he wouldn't have had as much fun, I don't I think. I know, so. it's, it's oh. a dilemma. <laughs> I hope he went home and bought Road Rash, you know, get something out of it. He didn't get the golden joystick, but he got a new favourite game. Yeah. I mean, I nearly went out and bought Road Rash after this because I want to play it again now. Well, it was a great game. I loved that so much. I'm surprised I haven't downloaded like an emulator for it yet. But yeah. like, I feel like I should do. Yes. It's like it's one of my favourite games as a kid. But considering he fucked up so badly, he did really well. He did, like, he yeah. He was so close. I think that's what makes it made it all the more gutting that he came in second because he'd really whiffed it at like about halfway through. I managed yeah. to claw it back. I wanted to see him face the dude with the baseball bat, like because he was the big, <laughs> like the, the scary one that's the one to look out for, and see if he grabbed his stick. <laughs> <laughs> but no, sadly not. We were left uh, wanting, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the very least, uh, Dominic wasn't like a knobhead. We noted he was a bit mean to the kids in the last challenge in the yeah. last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this week he was kind of he, he was sympathetic and he, he was encouraging as well. He kind of said, you did you did really well. You were really close. I mean, he did make an innuendo to the child though, or he made a, a comment to the child. Yes, yes, he did. Yes. Yeah. What did he say? I, I've missed this bit. He said, <laughs> "We've enjoyed seeing you streak through the forest." Yep. Oh, I did write that down. Yep. Oh, good, good. I was yeah. hoping you hadn't missed that one. Yeah, that was my next note. I just noticed. <laughs> Fucking hell, yeah. I was like, I was writing notes. So I'd already watched the episode and then I, I went back to do another pass to write, write notes. And I'd missed it the first time and did a proper, like, you know that dog that does a double take when it's, like, really surprised in that gif? <laughs> it's, like, proper, like, what? <laughs> this is a <laughs> child. <laughs> that comes up a lot, that thought. This is a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, please. It's our catchphrase from the entire show. <laughs> so yeah, streaking through the forest. That's something that young boys do, I guess. Maybe in the scouts. Yeah. 
when, when the game's master is the scout leader anyway. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. So next up were the reviews, and this week's theme were fantasy games. However, Dominic called them fantasy role-playing games, but it became pretty obvious, like, very quickly that none of these were role-playing <laughs> <Nope>. games. <laughs> Unless you count, like, just playing another person is role-playing, then, like, that means fucking Super Mario Brothers is a role-playing game. You can't just call things role-playing games just willy-nilly. <laughs> not, not, not every fantasy game is a role-playing game, Dominic. Come on. <laughs> I know yeah. this is only your fourth episode, but come on, you're going to have to work this out pretty quick. <laughs> so the first game was Shadow of the Beast, and Dominic noted that this game was set back when dinosaurs ruled the Earth and Mars bars were only 10p. And it's amazing how old that joke is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're God. still making it today, but the you know inflation, it's still going up in price every time. So 10p, I don't remember that. No. Dominic's a lot older than me, though. So Before but, our time, for sure. Yeah, yeah back definitely. when the dinosaurs ruled the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember when Freddo's were like 10p. I was going to say, yeah, I, Freddo's is my like 10p Freddo and the, the caramel one, the caramel frog. Yeah. That, that's my frame of reference. So, <laughs> first, so let's get to the critics, I guess. So first out was uh, Jeremy Daldry of Zero Magazine. Uh, he said in a very, I, I don't even know how to describe, I'll let someone else describe his accent. Plummy and said, wankish. That's it. He can get yes. in a bin. <laughs> <laughs> see becky's got a axe to ground with critics this <laughs> oh, time as well it's not just oh, chip this guy it was like yeah, every, I hate this guy yeah like as soon as he started speaking it was like all the literal literature wanker students that i went to uni with who were like oh my god i'm like so much better than shelly are just came screaming back and i was like oh no and it was yeah just all of my ire was was aimed at Jeremy Daldry and his stupid opinions. Yeah, he did seem like the kind of guy that corner you at a party and like to start talking. Yes. Non-stop. Yes. Like, I gave that energy and I felt very uncomfortable around him. Yeah, he's... Like, he'd tell me he didn't own a TV or something like that. Like, yes, or he only plays games that are, like, so difficult because, like, otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, he exclusively plays Dark Souls. Yeah. Blindfolded. <laughs> but then gets upset when there's no sex in it. <gasps> oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, we haven't even said what Jeremy said in this section. He said... The... He said the game had lovely graphics, but the gameplay sucks, and you get a bit jarred off after a while. What the fuck what... did that mean? Yeah, thank <laughs> you. I don't know what you. that means. Is that, that must be some, like, 90s university term. I don't know. Jarred off? I put it in quotation marks. I didn't have a fucking yeah, clue. Yeah, I did the and same And I wasn't going to Google it. I was just like, what? I was like, Dickhead. what? Okay, Jeremy. Why is jarred? Like, I can't, I can't even, like, I don't know. It just doesn't Context make Context clues sense. fail me as well. I can't work it out. <laughs> no? It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. He's an idiot. Yeah, stupid <laughs> next, Jeremy Next Daldry. out was, yeah, Jeremy. We've got plenty of time to make fun of Jeremy Daldry, don't worry. <laughs> oh, we, yeah, we're going to. I was ready. Moving on. <laughs> so next out was uh, Joe Denver, a fantasy writer. He looked a bit like he wrote fantasy novels, like, like on an amateur level or something. He just, I, Yeah, I was thinking like cheap Lord of the Rings fan fiction. Yes. Yeah. He, he just gave off that vibe. He said, uh, looks good, plays fast, but isn't offering anything new in the final analysis, which was a weird way of putting it. <laughs> I was like, but what's the final analysis? I have no context for what the analysis is, so I don't know what it's adding. To be fair, like he writes for fantasy writer, that doesn't make me think he's a full-time game critic. 
was, I've never heard of that fucking no, but magazine. It, he should be able to construct sentences that <laughs> yes, make sense. Yeah, <laughs> so next was uh, Trenton Webb of Amiga Format. And he said, he said it had a big name, but no gameplay to back it up. Another weird one. I don't get... It's not a big name, really, is it? Shadow of the Beast wasn't really a big franchise. It just had a long title, I guess. <laughs> just the font was really large. Yeah. Just, I'm just having a hard time with this review. So, like, usually it's one critic that annoys me, or like one thing about the review sections in the past episodes that has annoyed me, but this is just... It's, it's just never giving up. It's just nonsense. It's like they got a bunch of Martians in to talk about games and they just were trying to do their best. Apart from Jeremy Daldry, who is very recognisably human and a dick. <laughs> he, yeah, he was trying too hard, maybe. Way too hard. Shadow of the Beast got uh, 59%. I wonder what would have helped it get 60%. Like, what? One percentage of a thing did it get wrong? Also enjoying Andy's vendettas against percentages (laughs) in this show as well. (laughs) I hate it. It's a a rubbish metric. It's shit. It's shite. It makes no fucking sense. A bit like the whole final analysis comment as well. There's no context for the percentage. Guess it just makes you a bit jarred off. (laughs) (laughs) God, I hate myself for saying that. You should. Moving on. (laughs) Next was Populous 2 on the Amiga. This was interesting. Yep. Because... First of all, Dominic says you can rub shoulders of Zeus. Yeah, he means Zeus, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he said it, he made it sound like the dude from Planet of the Apes. Yes. That's why I was like, because I, I was sat there like, Dr. Zeus, Dr. Zeus. I went <laughs> like, back that's and went, not what he means. well, it's, it's populous too, so he must mean Zeus. Yeah. And then I Googled the how the Greeks would say Zeus, and it's still nothing like this. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so he's definitely just said Zeus wrong. <laughs> I'm glad someone else picked up on that. And then, then next he said, Zeus and Priapus. Priapus. Yeah, oh, you said Priapus. It, you can pronounce it. Priapus. Which is <laughs> the sneakiest phallic joke in the whole episode. Yeah. I was quite impressed with this. I wrote down that as like a proper classic literary knob joke. Yeah, like, it's it not is. Quite, it's not what I expect from Dominic. He's like, no. he's finally using his university education to full ex- I, I was <laughs> like, I was legit impressed by this knob joke because it is so subtle. Because for those who don't know, Priapus is the god of fertility and is always depicted with a massive schlong. Like, yeah. always. Just Google him. Yeah. For, um, for, or for if you time. want to. <laughs> That's the classiest one we've had so far, right? Yeah, that, it, it was a proper, that was like, a clever one. Clever one, yeah. I was huh. I applaud Dominic for that one. He, 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 I, was, I was about to say he slipped that in, but <laughs> uh, so I tried. He he brought that up. No, he 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 said that in a way like <laughs> he only said certain words. adults. He said the words. <laughs> it was it was clever because only certain adults would get it. Yeah. Whereas like you know everything else is kind of low hanging fruit. <laughs> Whereas this one was like a very select crowd would get this I one. I mean, Cryopus is very low hanging fruit, frankly. <laughs> yeah, all his fruits are dangling. <laughs> On to the game, anyway. I, I loved Populous 2. It was a, it's a Peter Molyneux masterwork, like back from the times where he could be trusted to deliver a good game rather than <laughs> he was a catalogue of lies. Oh. <laughs> if Foxy's listening to this, I'm, he's going to like message me and defend Peter Molyneux because he does How? it every time. How, Always though? Defend, every time I say something shitty about Peter Molyneux, Foxy's the one that comes and <laughs> squares up to me about it. <laughs> to be fair, pre-utter fantasist Peter Molyneux, the games are amazing. Yeah, he's a yeah, genius yeah. to a point. And then when the Xbox 360 
happened. Yeah. He just lost his mind, basically, I feel. <laughs> Wasn't he working on, like, an NFT game at the moment or something? Oh, really? Uh, probably, but it won't happen. So it's, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It'll be like Project Milo. It just won't fucking happen. <laughs> he'll, he'll have one horrible presentation at E3 and then we'll all forget about it. We should do an episode of that if it happens. We could probably do an entire episode on just the bullshit Peter Molyneux's come out with. <laughs> So anyway, Joe Denver, uh, he loved the game and said he was weirdly emotionally invested in these little sprites. Don't know what he was doing to them to make him that emotionally (laughs) invested, but at least he had that feeling. That was nice. Uh, Trenton Webb said you can just feel like you're playing for half an hour and then you look up and you realize you've been playing for four hours. And like as someone who spent a lot of time playing Civilization Four and Stardew Valley, I I understand that. That's an easy hole to fall down, so to speak. Uh, Jeremy Daldry, everybody's favourite, said it had brilliant graphics and gl- and gameplay and was just one of the best games around. Nothing too objectionable from Jeremy. He just said it. He like just, he's, he's just said it, Oren. He's, just he's objectionable. It. He just said it <coughs> with his hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Populous 2 got 94%, and that's hard to argue, I guess, but maybe it could have got 95% because he was fucking counting. <laughs> You are. <laughs> I am counting. Why are they always off like the five? Yeah, it's weird. I can I can understand why they give things seventy sixty eight percent just because they don't want to go there because they say you know what Dominic doesn't need encouraging. Let's just avoid that. <laughs> but yeah, it's always weird how it's just always off. Does does it make it look more legit that it's not a nice round number? I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna keep bringing up this percentage of things. I'm gonna get out. Yeah, of this you are every week. You absolutely <laughs> every week. Are. <laughs> every time. I know. You, you, I don't know why I said that. You guys know me too well. <laughs> so, finally, there's King's Quest Five on the PC, and Trenton Webb said it looks good, but isn't pushing any boundaries. A bit too cute for his liking. Ugh. Fair enough. I wasn't a King's Quest fan either, to be honest. There's but, nothing wrong with being cute, though. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being cute. Like it's just. That's just. Yeah, but just the, men. the thing is, like most. <laughs> Like point and click adventures were cute. Yeah. Like it's just by design, they just all looked, they had that like charming aesthetic. Like they all look like that. So it's a weird thing to criticize anyway. So we get to Jeremy Daldry. He said, he said it's all, it's also um, American and apple pie that he wanted to throw up every time he loaded up the game. I don't understand that because it's, it's a King's Quest game. It's not, I don't know how American and apple pie a King's Quest game can get. Yes. Yeah. They famously didn't have kings yep. in America. <laughs> it's the way he says it as well. It's like he's prepared it all day and he's just got this like it, tone of like a rich slug. Yes. And then they, they fast forward his review, which they did to Radeon in the first episode, which I thought was disrespectful for Radeon. But, you know, it's Jeremy. Yeah. He, he must have been waffling on a bit here. And then it Shut cuts it. to him saying the worst part of... Possibly the whole episode, uh. which is a big thing. <laughs> There's no sex, no violence, and no fun. <laughs> well, Jeremy, I, I, you would know all about no sex and no fun, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but he must hate games like Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing. Like, lovely, yeah. chill games. Oh, there's no sex and no violence. I just want to see Tom Nook getting it on. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I don't know why he was expecting sex and violence from, a, again, a King's Quest game. Right! Like, I, <laughs> They were yeah. a bit bawdy at times. Does he like? Does he hate Sonic as well? Maybe. Well, Sonic is naked, so. It it's just it's okay for sex and violence to not be a thing in video games. I know it's the nineties, but come on, like 
it is kind of wild how that attitude still persists yeah. today. Like, people won't, can't take a game seriously unless it's, like, violent and grown up. I think that's why Jeremy Daldry stuck with me so much, because it was just, it was like that inflexible nonsense at the heart of all video game discourse. Um, yeah. You know, a game has to be violent and adult and blah, blah, blah to be legitimate. And it has to be difficult or it has to, you know, it's just, it's just fuck off, Jeremy. Fuck off. <laughs> I've dealt with that conversation my whole life and it's so boring. <laughs> so, King's Quest V, 62%. <laughs> I feel better now, guys. Thank you. True to the established format, it's time for the feature of the week. I've been looking forward to talking about this fucking thing like, <laughs> since I watched the episode. So, it's the console wars. They're getting like a big spotlight this week and they're talk- having a chat with um, Philip Lay, uh, the marketing director for Sega Europe. And do you think they could have got the camera a bit closer to his face? I, do- I didn't hear a thing he said because I was just too worried about my personal space being invaded with that. <laughs> oh, but the things he said were so cool, Chip. Uh, he was so cool. He's well, like he one said, of the kids. Cred. Yeah, rebel rebel, you know? Yeah, so he, he suggested that Nintendo's strategy was a bit unilever, a bit conservative. Whereas Sega are vying to be more rebellious, more... He did say more street cred, but that doesn't make sense, really. No. Have street cred, maybe, but more street cred. He doesn't know the right way to use that term. Of course he does. No, absolutely not. Anytime he's been around teenagers, he avoids them on the street. He gives off that energy real across (laughs) the street to get away from kids. (laughs) Yeah, he reminds me... You know, like, there used to be those, like, um, like, yuppie villains in 90s sitcoms or, like like teen shows like biker grove and there was always that adult that was like really snooty and like damn you kids he was that guy (laughs) just with a salary their big idea of capturing the youth market in the uk was their jimmy campaign oh boy fucking hell like i don't remember this campaign and i'm glad because that probably would have turned me off from buying sagas (laughs) i'd like (laughs) jimmy it was like this episode bear in mind it's my first episode with you guys it was like it was designed to hit all of my angry buttons <laughs> like <laughs> every single thing that i hate about gaming like historically is in this episode and it is personified by jimmy yep jimmy is positioned as a cool dude who gets chicks and like has all the best sega games <laughs> uh but, you know, because the only games that are fit for a cool stud like Jimmy are obviously Sega, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog and stuff. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> they, they show one of the adverts. Um, he's dancing intimately with a woman on a, is it a dock. Yeah. A, a, a really it, like a, shitty looking dock. Yeah. It's like Salford <laughs> Keys or something. Him. Yeah. <laughs> but it turns out he's playing Super Monaco in the Game Gear behind her back. And also, you never see her face. I noted that. I was trying to like check because I, I was going to write Dancing with a Beautiful Woman, but there's no way to verify nope. that. She is, she, she's not a person. She is a prop. She's, just a, <laughs> she's, just a, she's basically some hair and an ass that's being blocked by a Game Gear. Yeah. That's, it's like, that's literally it. Ooh, super edgy, pretending to love your girlfriend, but secretly gaming. Oh, you're so cool. <laughs> Jimmy. No. If, it's the worst possible name for a cool guy as well. Jimmy's the kind of name that gets bullied. Jimmy is a douchebag. <laughs> oh, Jimmy. Oh, God. So, Fucking hell. Jimmy was, 
Jimmy was played by uh, Peter Wingfield, who starred in Holby City and the Highlander TV series. I remembered him from Holby City, but I didn't watch a lot of Highlander. So. That's where I know him from. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I recognise you. So Philip Lair seems a bit too into Jimmy, for my liking. I mean... <laughs> he starts to... He does a spiel. He says he gets all the ladies. He's so good, he'd probably win at pool at the pub. Uh, he probably owns a Harley Davidson motorbike. He's probably a brilliant surfer. In California? Yeah. And, but I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm just like, steady on, Phil, for fuck's sake. He's going to be saying, like, Jimmy can dribble fucking bowling balls or something next. It's like, none of this is established canon in the adverts. Like, we don't know. None, you can't say that. It's not, if he doesn't do it, then you can't say it. He definitely doesn't own a Harley Davidson. He lives in a truck. Yeah, so, he lives in a modified trailer. <laughs> That's, that, he definitely doesn't own. Modified, and he like has this weird gaming. Um, was it the Sega gaming chair that he was in? Yes, that's what I put I, as I well. Yeah. Down. <laughs> and, like, he was holding the controller in his crotch. I was like, come on. Oh dear. <laughs> I did write that down and wrote. Was he in the Sega <laughs> yeah. a, a Sega action yeah. chair? Because yeah. I was like. Again, catalogs. I, <laughs> I think that's why the Jimmy campaign ultimately failed because he tried to sell kids the Sega Action Chair <laughs> yeah. and nobody wanted Jimmy. the Sega Action Chair. I loved, I loved when they started talking about their original concept for Jimmy. <laughs> like oh, this, yeah. Like dirty, ragged layabout playing games all day. I was like, yeah, that's oh, that's accurate. Like, that's, that's a gamer. That's well <laughs> done. <laughs> It's like they said, they said the test kid, the test group of kids did like hated that version of Jimmy, and he felt like he was a bit of a granddad. But all of those kids definitely grew up into that type of Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's literally no way they grew up to be anything else. That's it. Uh, also, I love at some point that they they clearly they changed the design of the character, and they were like, okay, well, we want him to you know be cool and uh, sexy and all this sort of stuff. Should we change the name? No, nah, no, nah, that's perfect. No, Jimmy is Jimmy. a winner. We'll keep that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's nailed on. It was like someone thought, like, I, I don't know what year was this. I forgot to look, but it was like someone thought saw a Guy Ritchie film and was like, yes, that man should make a Bond film, <laughs> but with gaming. <laughs> and it was like, and it just, I couldn't, I just, I couldn't get my head around why anyone ever thought this was a good idea, apart from evil sitcom marketing exec who obviously would come up with this idea and think it was great <sighs> yeah the two marketing guys we saw on this feature definitely knew nothing about kids that i don't know what test group I, i'm guessing the test group didn't exist and they just made it up or, it's or like, there's they, nowhere like they'd never been near a games console in their life yeah just they never. didn't have a clue what kids wanted because that wouldn't have worked on me at all i'd have thought this guy's a knobhead yeah <laughs> Yeah. Also, absolute prick. Nintendo being represented by a ninja really bothered me. That's weird because it looks like that, but actually, it's apparently Jimmy's sidekick who lives with him. What really? That makes it even worse. Yeah, I watched because so this is my own like masochistic <laughs> behaviour. But after watching this, I just watched a big comp- like a half-hour compilation video of every Sega advert from the 1990s. Oh, Andy. so there's a lot of Jimmy, and yeah, this kid <laughs> is basically Jimmy's apprentice. Who lives with him and he's training him I don't know what he's training him to do because he's, he's dressed like a ninja and nothing about Jimmy tells me he's a ninja well at least it makes me feel better that there isn't a cultural stereotype happening I guess 
Yeah, but if you didn't, this feature didn't give you that indication. No. I had to look that up myself. It does look like they are saying that Nintendo is like a bunch of Japanese children. Yeah, it's it's very disturbing. Ugh. More disturbing than the fact that you know Jimmy is a grown man who lives <laughs> in a modified trailer with a dog and a small boy. <laughs> like, who thought that was cool? Not even in the 90s that would be cool. That's the kind of guy that gets investigated for missing persons cases. <laughs> that's, that's what the fuck. Just, the whole thing is just so ill-conceived. Uh, but I, I think, like, as well, like, looking at it historically, you can tell we're careering into the lad era. Like, with yeah. that. Like, it's just writ large. Like, ugh. Oh, it makes me feel horrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember a lot of adverts from that era, like, paper, like um, print adverts, where they'd always have, like, a dude lying around with a half-naked woman mm. or there'd be a half-naked woman try to distract like a man playing a video game to be fair that shit happens on tiktok these days like you have the knobheads with their accounts and they have a girl try to dance in front of them and they're just like playing the video game i'm playing call of duty so it's still a, a, an annoying yeah bad joke yeah I, th- I think this is why this episode made me so cross because <laughs> yeah. it was just like none of this has changed <laughs> That's, I think that's why this is my favorite, my favorite one to make notes on because it's such a, it, it encapsulates the '90s and yet it's also reflecting mm. the worst of today. Yeah, which hasn't always been the case with the episode. Sometimes it's just been very aggressively '90s, and this has just been very, I would say, prescient. But it just means things haven't fucking changed. Just <laughs> yeah, the industry's it, just been stagnating. Yeah, for exactly. Years. It's like a cultural artifact. It's like you know, Dominic Diamond got encased in amber. And yeah, <laughs> we're just digging it up again. So unsurprisingly, well, unsurprisingly in hindsight, this was a very short-lived campaign. <laughs> they, they eventually realised Jimmy wasn't working and they replaced him with a barber character who was in one of the Jimmy ads that gave him a cyborg arm when they were trying to promote the, Sega, the Mega CD. <laughs> sure. The barber was played by the guy who played Spud Gun in Bottom and he was kind of seen <laughs> as more irreverent and um, more 90s, like, you know, kind of anarchic than Jimmy. Because they clearly overestimated how much the youth market would have warmed to Jimmy. So they thought, you know, let's just give this crazy barber the had campaigns going forward. It's like, yeah, that, that works fine. I, I think that advert does, the barber campaign worked on me a lot better. <laughs> how does that line up with Rick Mel doing Nintendo adverts? Oh, th- those were just good. But, like, the yes. bottom connection. I'm just wondering, like, were there's just, not, like, yeah. a whole, like, marketing campaign of, like, rival 90s sitcom characters? Like, who, who would Adrian Edmondson be? Xbox? I know it's a bit later on, but he could, maybe he could have been there for the Xbox. PlayStation, I guess, because play, PlayStation kind of was in the crossover period, wasn't it? Yeah. They they arrived when Sega was still around. If he's doing, like, the Vivian thing, it needs to be something really aggressive. Like, he just walks in, like, nuts and Nintendo console. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of the Rick Mail adverts, because, like, these guys are talking shit about Nintendo, and Nintendo had, like, the best marketing campaign yeah. of the 90s. Absolutely. So, so fuck you. Philip, what the fuck was his name? Let me roll up again. Philip Lay, you fucking idiot. (laughs) And now it's time for the celebrity challenge. Uh, The game in question this week is the Viking-themed adventure game Heimdall. And I don't remember this game at all, but I remember this challenge very vividly. It's one of the things that's burned in my brain about Games Master, this specific challenge. Because I didn't remember the name of the game or retain anything else about the game, <laughs> or even had the desire to like look up the game. But I do remember this mini-game that's part of the game. It's just been rattling around my head for years, with no name to the face, so to speak. So Heimdall was published by Core Design, the original home of Tomb Raider. 
So just a quick plug for our Lara Croft episode. Listen to that to find all about core design and their very wise choices. And hear me getting angry about the nineties in a different context. Yep. It's, it's yep, it's, yeah, it just it all plays together, it's all connected. The nineties was a hellhole. <laughs> so in this mini game you are tasked with throwing axes at a young maiden in a stocks and you're supposed to be cutting her braids to free her. And the challenge is to do it in two minutes or less. This is an interesting one because this challenge is the first time where it's just a celebrity. There's no awkward kids trying to compete with a sports star. So that was kind of a nice change of pace. And the celebrity in question was legendary darts player Eric Bristow. And I was a small boy in the 90s, not a middle-aged man, so <laughs> there's no reason why I should know anything about darts, but I knew about Eric Bristow. All thanks to uh, Bullseye. That, one, that was one of my favourite shows as a kid. Eric's uh, pretty keen about doing the challenge because it, it's a bit different. Uh, he's tried the game before like as a test, but he wasn't great at it. And I forgot to say, a big part of the challenge is that your character is basically shit-faced, so the mouse pointer is wobbling constantly so to make it a lot harder to throw the axe. <laughs> and Eric did say he's used to having a few knights on the tiles, but he's not shit-faced right now, so it's fine. <laughs> I did think this game would look really... like It looks like it would be the kind of thing to play at like a drunken house party when you're drunk and your character's yes. drunk. It I would feel be like that might like balance out, so you just do it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah! <laughs> skills bossed it fuck you right brusto <laughs> so as the challenge is the beginning we we go to commentary so uh, this is a bit of a big deal because this is our first sighting of dave perry on games master and he he would go on to be a, a key figure behind the scenes and on camera there's gonna be a lot of dave perry and some dave perry controversies to come which i'm really excited about getting to Ooh. i just felt like it, we needed to point out that this was the first time we saw dave perry on games master <laughs> i think beforehand he would was playing the monk that'd bring out the golden joystick. But because so many people have been failing the challenges, I guess he didn't have to come out very often. <laughs> so they thought, you know, let's just get him on camera. So the game kicks off and Eric immediately kills the maiden, I guess. That's the axe that just beams her right in the fucking face. So it's not a great start. <laughs> he starts up again, immediately hits her in the face again with the axe. <laughs> There's just a lot of points in this game where he's just hitting her in the face with the axe because he's not quite grasped it. My note was, like, there's no way she doesn't get some kind of impact dementia or psychosis after this. <laughs> yeah, she's done. <laughs> he starts to suss out the controls eventually. Then he hits, like, a, a surprising hot streak. He gets, like, five braids down, and he's got three to go. Unfortunately, they're the shortest braids, so they're the tricky ones. And now he's got one minute left. He nails the hardest braid, like the middle one, with it. It's 35 seconds to go. And then he follows it up with another murder. So, you know, he, he was doing well for a while. There's, now there's 30 seconds to go, and it's just a lot of desperation for us at this point. He's just flinging axes at this one braid, and narrow, he narrowly misses, and then the time runs out. Yeah, I was gutted. I wanted to see the fucking golden joystick again. And also, <laughs> I just, I like Eric Bristow. He seems like a affable chap. It's just disappointing, I guess. I'm just fed up of all these failures at this point. But in the true spirit of Bullseye, Dominic taunts Eric with what he might have won. <laughs> It brings out the golden joystick anyway. Yeah, so. I love that touch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was nice. Normally they don't do that because, you know, otherwise you're just rubbing it in the face of a kid. I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> uh, so at this point, uh, Dominic makes a pretty good segue. Um, he actually slinks Eric's failures to win with the need for good tips and cheats. And I, I liked that because we've been doing a podcast for nearly two years and we still struggled to do good segues. <laughs> 
Well, the problem is, is we do a good segue and then we point out we've done a good segue. We need to start letting them lie. <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. No, I know. Well, I think the disappointment here was that he didn't make an innuendo, though, because he goes on about famous nine dart finishes. And surely there's something there with like tips and finishes. Like it seemed like a really obvious one that he missed. I'm glad. I think your brain's definitely broken because I never made that connection. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I, I, <laughs> it's like my brain almost settles after a segment, and then I'm just waiting for it. And then when it doesn't come, <laughs> then my brain is not <laughs> satisfied. <laughs> so your brain's got blue balls, basically. <laughs> um. So anyway, segue onto one of our favorite, well, mine and Chip's favorite sections, the consultation room. No, I do, I do I enjoy this section mostly because of how stupid some of the male gamer questions are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I noticed this is the first time I've noticed that it opens with a kid putting on a VR headset. I I went back and checked, and yeah, it happens every time. Yeah. but this is the first time I noticed it. <laughs> it's like the biggest VR headset in the world. <laughs> I was like, hold on, is that? Have they just introduced that to justify how the kids show up? And they're like, no, that's just always been there, and I'm just a fucking idiot, apparently. <laughs> so you get into the pleasure dome. It's, it makes sense now. I just those those fucking VR headsets were massive. It makes it just makes me think of Lawnmower Man. Like just how yeah. fucking <laughs> awful and cumbersome it looked. Like no wonder VR didn't take off. The, I mean, with all this that shit. This one in particular, the kid looked so tiny that I was really terrified they were just going to tip, tip, like, tip over, <laughs> tip over yeah. and just like headbutt the floor. <laughs> So first into the Games Master's consultation room was a young lass and she wanted help with DuckTales. She wanted to cheat for more lives. And true to form, Games Master was just a real cunt about this. <laughs> yeah, the gatekeeping's back. Yeah. We should call him gatekeeping He said master. she's languishing behind. And I was like, fuck off, mate. DuckTales is really hard. That's a difficult game, you fucking asshole. <laughs> you tell him. I, I probably... I probably still haven't completed DuckTales, but I don't think I ever have completed DuckTales, to be fair. The solution he gave, it was quite a complex sequence of events that you have to do and loop constantly. It involved like teleporting to the Transylvania level, collect more lives, return to the Af- Africa level afterwards, and you could do that as much as you like. That I understand why someone wouldn't understand, know how to do that. That's an exploit. That's not actually a failure of strategy. It's not yeah. having a need to get good. So... Games Master shitting on her made no sense because why the fuck would you know that? Like, there's just no... You'd have to, like, ask Capcom about it to understand that one. So just fuck off, Games Master. <laughs> Despite all that, she was really polite about it and she's like she was very grateful. She was. And I hope she absolutely trashed DuckTales after this and just, like, flipped off a <laughs> star or something or whatever the fuck Sir Patrick Moore likes. <laughs> Butt plugs. Butt plugs. <laughs> I hope she didn't flip off a butt plug because she's a child. Yes, she should be nowhere near those things. But it's bad enough that there's a floating one around her. <laughs> What's the one I wasn't paying attention? I, I said I wasn't going to talk about butt plugs. There was again. a butt plug, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there were two butt plugs at the beginning. Fuck. I've got butt plug times two. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so next in, a young girl was here looking for help with the flying eyeball in Altered Beast. And once again, he is a complete prick. Why are you being a shithead? Like, it's Altered Beast. Most people don't have the patience to play that game because it was shit. So just, you know, congratulate her for getting as far as she did with that game. And the solution, again, wasn't obvious. 
it seems like something you'd have to like you'd have to do a lot of trial and error it felt like a from soft boss sort of thing you yes. have to really think about the strategy and like the patterns and it's just, it seemed complicated enough that someone would need help so again i was like why are you being a dick games master just just give it a rest mate come on <laughs> Then next out was a, a short, stocky lad who was struggling with Wart in Mario 2. <laughs> and while, while Games Master wasn't as aggressively rude, he was a little dismissive, saying the solution was simple. And Games Master's advice was kind of terrible. It, it kind of reminded me of the turtles' advice he gave in the other episode. Like he, he said, plants grow out of pots, you grab them and throw them at the boss. That's not a tip. That's just literally what you have to do to win the boss battle. Why aren't you giving him more? Yeah, I, but then again, the kid... Yeah, the, I got the impression that the kid didn't know how to do that. <laughs> so. Yeah, to be fair, I wrote, my, my next note was like the kid does seem a little dull. <laughs> <So> <laughs> maybe he wasn't quite grasping how game design works and the games master was giving him exactly the amount of information he needed. <laughs> so, I, I, I feel bad dunking on a small boy, but you know what? Like, eh, fucking hell. I mean, at least you want, you know, floating butt plugs around him. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> and we're finally... Oh, sorry, do you want to say something, Chip? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're not done with the butt plugs just yet. Because uh, um, this ends with Games Master saying, if you have any queries, you know where to come. And I swear, the second he says come, the butt plug appears. And it just <laughs> felt like very, very poor timing, good timing, however you want to think about these things. But yeah, that was a thing that happened. I'm going to take your word for that because I'm not looking back at this episode to find out. (laughs) And we're finally on to the final challenge of the show. And there's a lot of pressure on this one because we've had two failed challenges so far and all the kids failed last week as well. So it's it's really getting frustrating with these kids. They need to like pull their fucking thumb out somewhere. (laughs) Oh, Andy. Yeah. I didn't even write that down. That just came out of my head. Anyway, I just I don't want another clean sweep of failures like like last week. Okay, clean sweep doesn't sound right. Like for for failure. So um run off? Clean clean run of dirty, failures. Dirty mop. Oh. Yeah, oh, I, I don't see want another dirty going. mop. I'm very tired. Yeah. <laughs> so, the game <laughs> was Panzer Kickboxing and Games Master, the super advanced digital overlord that he is. Apparently doesn't know what kickboxing is. I really enjoyed this whole bit. It was confusing to me because <laughs> I, I I just wrote down like what is Games Master's deal? Because I'm starting I'm trying I'm trying to understand what he is. <laughs> like is he is he like a rogue AI that just shares the mind of a posh sixty nine year old, or is he like just an old Tory that got lost inside virtual reality like the lawnmower <laughs> man and like. He decides to dish out passive-aggressive remarks instead of killing people with lawnmowers. I was, I was just getting really fixated on what, why would Games Master not know what kickboxing is? Especially because the clue is in the name. Yeah, just come like, on, it's a very man, self-descriptive you... act. <laughs> yeah, it's not like they called it pongo boxing. <laughs> so, well, what's the pongo in all this? It's the kicking, obviously. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> I. What would be more nineties though than Pongo boxing? I would actually I feel watch like that. that's probably a channel far show. <laughs> <laughs> Late night. Late night Pongo boxing. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to Panzer kickboxing, not Pongo box, <laughs> Panzer bo- Pongo boxing. Panzer Pongo no. boxing. <laughs> Panzer Pongo boxing. This is a one v one contest. Uh, this it's actually brother versus sister. 
which is kind of cool. Yes. So it's Jason and Lisa Purzel, or Purzel, I can't remember how, I just wrote the name down, I didn't take note of how I pronounce it. Jason, uh, apparently you say he hasn't had a lot of practice, but he reckons he can beat her. Ah, uh, the um, arrogance of brothers. Steady on, mate, you don't fucking <laughs> practice that much. So yeah, then Dominic turns to Lisa, and he just offers a little insight into what his life was like. It says his sister used to routinely beat the crap out of him, <laughs> and he called her a dirty fighter, you know. At least he's honest. Offered that advice, just unprompted. But also, like, I feel like it 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 explains a bit more about the rich tapestry of of Dominic. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, I get it. it. It makes sense to me. Anyway, so Lisa like sounds a lot more soft spoken than Jason. Like more well spoken, even Jason just sounds like a bit of a div. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> <laughs> she she suggests that she won't need to fight dirty because she's going to win anyway. And I was like. Yeah. Yes. If, I, he's gonna, if he can be a fucking big head, then she gets to, you know, give it a bit back as well. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying I was on Lisa's side. Yeah, to be honest, so was I. I was like, Jason just gave him bad vibes, like, just reckon, <laughs> assuming he's going to win. Just for, Actually, for no reason, he just reckons he's going to win. Yeah. Just dickhead. Bloody kids. <laughs> I mean, they're both kids, but, you know, <laughs> boys. Boys. Fucking boys. So, uh, we, we get finally get to the commentary. Uh, Tim Boone of uh, Computer and Video Games magazine is there, and he says um, it's a dirty game where there are no rules, and he suggests you can bite your opponent. I wasn't sure if he was just bullshitting there, so I, I decided to look <laughs> up this game. I found the instruction manual online. Of course. And it says biting can be done, but it's penalised. So while he wasn't lying about biting, he was completely full of shit about there being no <laughs> rules. There was, in fact, a full book of rules. <laughs> it was... It was rigorous with the rules <laughs> so why did you say that tim you're supposed you're a journalist this is why people don't trust journalists i guess <laughs> was this the start of game again i don't know i'm just guessing it all goes back to games master <laughs> i don't i wasted a lot of time looking up that instruction manual but i appreciate your <laughs> so, dedication to your art and panzer bo- pongo boxing <laughs> it's easy to google because no one else could use that word <laughs> so so the game begins finally, and I noticed there was a bit of a sluggish frame rate, but the animation was otherwise quite nice. It looked it, like I liked how they moved. It was quite a handsome game mm. overall. And Lisa takes a fall like immediately, <laughs> but she remains collected and gets back on her feet. But then she's knocked back down again because like Jason is spamming the kick button like crazy. <laughs> and then there's this really funny bit. Where they're both standing on opposite sides of the ring, spamming their specific moves. Yeah. So Jason's kicking and Lisa is punching. And it just brought to mind the uh, the peewee hockey episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, have that as well. Lisa and Bart are like saying, I'm going to do this. And if you, you walk in, if you get hit, it's your own fault. <laughs> and then it cuts to the mum cheering them on. So the, the parallels continued. So I was just picturing Homer like flicking the lights off going, fight, 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 fight. <laughs> My brain is like completely mush from Simpsons references, so I was just overjoyed at this because that's all I could see in my head. And don't go easy on each other just because you're brother and sister. I want to see you both fighting for your parents' love! Fight, 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 fight! And then Lisa's back down again, sadly. And again, Tim Boone points out that Lisa is favouring her fists, whereas Jason's using kicks which have a slightly longer reach. And then somehow, like, Lisa manages to knock Jason down as the round's ticking out. And then she hit what I could only describe as a Judas effect, like, by Chris Jericho <laughs> on the guy. Like, just swings his, her elbow around and smacks him in the face. Was... But then he fires back with, like, a sweeping leg kick. Like, 
fucking Cobra Kai shit. It was actually getting quite competitive at this point. I was properly into it, like shouting for Lisa to win. <laughs> like, hit him! I was nervous because I didn't want Jason to win. I was, I was invested. Yes. It was like I was watching a wrestling match and I was like, come on, please, please, please. <laughs> it's like, I need like, Lisa to win for, for all of us. <laughs> so Jason is close to being out at this point. Like Lisa takes another drop, but she's still ahead on lives because she's managed to land more substantial punches where Jason's just knocking her to the mat, basically, with kicks. She just starts just beating Jason's ass, so <laughs> knocks him down to one life, and then she just lays him out with one like perfect hit. He gets <sighs> up again, and then she just bodies his ass one more time, <laughs> and then he's counted out an emphatic victory. I, I liked that it wasn't like a TKO or something, it was a proper knockout victory. Oh yeah, she, the, she kicked his ass. <laughs> I like that she kind of used strategy, she was like feeling out, she was feeling out her opponent rather than just going in headstrong. And she worked out that he's only got one move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty easy to sort him out. Because I, I thought it was really funny in the comments afterwards, he was talking about how he relied on his tactics. So I was like, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come so, on. <laughs> you said, yeah, that's why you failed, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> you had one said, tactic. <laughs> he was like, it was, it was, you failed because he stopped strategizing. It's like, you're not strategizing. <laughs> what are you doing? You're just kicking. Her legs, that's not a strategy. <laughs> like, you weren't going to win the match doing that. I used no to claim win. my strategy on Tekken 2 was the low shin kicks. That's not a strategy. I was just shithousing. <laughs> that's all that was. Yeah, because they don't do anything, really. No. So, but it, it's just annoying because it stopped them doing what they want to do. <laughs> it's not a strategy, Jason. You just you just being shit a dick. at the game. <laughs> Did he think he was going to win somehow? Like, they weren't awarding points, really. There's... And you weren't going to get that many points doing that anywhere. Nope. Even then, his playstyle hadn't really changed that radically when he stopped strategizing. <laughs> so it, basically, maybe it wasn't a strategy at all. <laughs> and I'd lived on it on a deeper level, like the storytelling of this whole episode, where you've had the slots and the prop in the Jimmy advert. like, And the fact that it is a female gamer who wins at the end. It was just this lovely little thematic undercurrent that they probably didn't intend at all but it just oh, made me not. so <laughs> much better, like feel so much better about the rest of the episode it's just like oh, it's, yeah sorry it's right. very satisfying like it, it showed that like she was just the better gamer by a mile like, yes. i don't know what maybe he unplugged her controller when they were playing at home or something like i could see him doing that i don't I can't see how he would have won any other way because he didn't seem to be very good no. at what he was doing. <laughs> so I, I was very happy with that. I was just like, but I did wish Jason would have just taken the L and just not tried to make excuses yeah. for himself. <laughs> it's okay, Jason. Mediocrity is acceptable sometimes. Like, just just deal with it. It's fine. Yeah, you're, you're a white man. You're, you're you fine. That. <laughs> <laughs> you're good, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> with the challenge out the way and uh, Lisa walking away with her prize... Dom says he's off to quaff. I wrote that down and like I, I, my brain just kind of turned to mush at that point. I was like, quaff? I, that's an interesting phrase, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, quaffing I would associate with wine more than tea. Yeah, because he doesn't drink wine, does he? No, he drinks tea. And this is where I would like to propose a more wholesome feature than butt plug watch. Tea watch. Because so far in every episode, Dominic has announced he's drunk a different cup of tea. So we had chamomile in the first episode, we had jasmine in the second, orange zinger, I, d I don't know what that is, but he was having one. Um, probably best not to ask, actually, now that I've said it out loud. Um, and then this one, he was having a nettle tea. So I'm going to be interested to see how the teas progress 
as the series does. You know, are we going to get repeats? Or is it going to be an individual tea every time? I don't know, it just felt like a weirdly wholesome note to end on. <laughs> you say wholesome, but it's the first one he drank was chamomile. We know what he does with chamomile. Well, yeah, yeah, no, I realise that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, maybe that's what he's doing at the end of the episode. Yeah, that's maybe probably it's what he means by he's off the quaff. No. You'll <laughs> <laughs> have to have an alley shuffle. <laughs> oh, well, I've ruined tea watch already. <laughs> I'm sorry. Damn it, Games Master. We, we, might, be a, we might be able to bring it back, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. It depends what he drinks next week. So that was Games Master Series 1, Episode 4. And like I said earlier, this might be my favourite <laughs> episode so far. It's just, it's got a bit of everything that I find fascinating about the 90s. Like, the emergence of, like, innovative new play styles, horrible try-hard media campaigns, <laughs> dark players somehow being celebrities. It's, it's, it's amazing. There's, there's obviously the icky stuff that comes with the all of that, but it's just so weirdly interesting in a way that like the decades that have followed haven't been. Like, it's all got a bit milk toast, mm. a bit Unilever, as you might call it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was such a good episode for me to be on first because, yeah, like I said, it's just designed to tap into all of my rage around gaming. But also, it's such a weird cultural time capsule, this episode especially, but the whole series. It's very bizarre. Yeah, this has felt possibly like the most 90s so Mm. far and there's been a lot of very heavily 90s stuff that's happened, especially all the inappropriate wank jokes on (laughs) Like after at tea time, basically, <laughs> it just continues to be a really interesting show to follow. Like in hindsight, like I, I remember watching it and loving it as a kid, but like looking back at it now, well, looking back at it now as a grown man with children, like <laughs> one, I find it interesting as like uh, the position of like cultural analysis. But on the other, I'd never let my kids watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not going to happen. They're going to have, at the very least, they're going to have to be twelve. <laughs> It has such an arbitrary age. <laughs> well, it's what I keep saying to Iris. Like, like you can watch it when you're twelve. Like, <laughs> it's a couple of years. It's a, it's a few years away, so I can like stall for time. It's just a, it's always a good age to give because it feels far away, mm. but it's not that far away. That's fair. I do think uh, Dominic was overall a massive improvement from last week. He was he, he was a bit clever about how he deployed his jokes. He wasn't always blunt and obvious about it. <laughs> He didn't over-rely on the wanking quite so much. No. So I, I have noticed a weird pattern where, like, he has one week where he's really full-on, then he has, like, a more relaxed week, and then he comes back even stronger. And it, he returns even stronger the next time. <laughs> Surely that's not sustainable, though. Like, he wasn't taken possibly. off the air, so he kind of got, like, much worse. He was gone for Series 3. He, did, he, he wasn't hosting Series 3, so oh. maybe there's a point... When he comes back, I can't remember series four that well, so maybe he comes back in series four and it's just like a broken man. <laughs> um, pos- Chip, just Chip's just gonna just disintegrate <laughs> to dust when he hears the first joke. Well, you say like there was less this week, and I agreed at the start, but then we literally have recorded for like an hour, talking mostly about all the weird stuff that's in it. So I'm like, I I don't well, know now. Like, have I just got used to it all, and it doesn't seem a lot now or what i don't know i'm really confused there was a lot of weird stuff but the, the body humor was torn down a bit yeah like, 
It's a it's a quality part. rather than quantity episode. Yeah, yeah, with quality in the loosest. Oh sense yeah, of the no term, quote the word, marks guess, and yeah. caveats for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were some good ones, but yeah, it was definitely better than last week. Last week was just. It was too much last week. It it did me in. It really did. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why you've been a bit quieter towards the end of this episode? You just like <laughs> decompressing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame you, really. That is us for Games Master Revisited for another week. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you want to share any of your Games Master memories or maybe your memories of Jimmy, <laughs> uh, please get in touch with us on our social medias. We are on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr, but we're not posting any porn, so <laughs> we probably won't be very popular. Well, if we're posting Games Master episodes, it's not far off. True. I, I'm probably just going to start putting wanking in the hashtags, so we'll get, <laughs> we'll get activity. It's fine. So we are on all of those places at OneUpPod. That is one U-P-P odd. And uh, you can find me at truly underscore defective on Twitter. And how can we find you, Becky? Um, Becky Gracely everywhere, I think. Chip, uh, where can we find you? At the Chip Thompson on Twitter, Chip Thompson's Thumbs on Twitch. So yeah, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Catch us again in a fortnight for the next episode of Games Master Revisited. And in the meantime, don't forget to get a life and stand Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy? No. Jimmy? No. No, don't stand Jimmy. Just avoid Jimmy. He's got 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 bodies. (laughs) He's definitely buried people in the desert. That's a long outro. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 